0: All right, Shabbos. Say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. A do today. Baruch Hashem. I figured I gave everybody uh, five extra minutes this morning. This way, uh, this way. Uh, a little simchas yomtiv, five fifty instead of five forty-five. Oh, that makes it a little, little, little bit easier. say, Let's begin. by thanking all of our sponsors for learning. To thank our Talmud sponsors for the month of Tishrei, Dr. Linda Weinberg, Sarah and Ricky Gratz. Julia Rina, and Eve, in loving memory of their husband, father, and Zayda, Doctor Paul Weinberg Perez, Moshe Ben Avram David. Thank Ayala and Sarah Steinberg for dedicating the this month in the of Rafa for Shulamis Bas Susha. Adam and for dedicating the this month in the of all of our being niskabel. Our week of learning sponsors, Ira Miriam Grossman in commemoration of the architect of Ira's father, Melech Ben Azriel. An Avi Zeisman, incarnation of the earth site, of his mother, Ziva Bas Avram, Zichron of the We hope that in the merit of all of our learning, the Neshama Slav and Aliyah, those who acquire Rafua refua, have together with Kol Cholei Yisrael. with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Tzadik Ches, 98. If it's okay, what we're just going to do is, we're just going to jump back to the Mishnah on silence. It's a powerful Mishnah, by the way. like a powerful... Uh, Nah, I'm, I'm good as long as I'm... so we're gonna jump back to the Mishnah on Tzadik Zayn Amadez ninety seven B. Just quickly go through it as it'll set the table a little bit for our for our Sugya ahead. So the Mishnah ninety-seven B. Machluk Subasa If a woman sells her ksuva or she sells off or she sells off part of it, Mashkunak Subasa or she collateralized her ksuva or some part of it, nasnak subasa or she went ahead and she she gifted her k'suba to someone else, either all of it or part of it. she should not go ahead and sell off the rest of the k'suba outside of the basin. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here. Now this mishnah is reflecting the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. And the Bishman holds that <coughs> in general, a woman is not permitted to sell property outside of basin except for mizonos. Except for mizonos. the vizu, I'm finishing Rashi, Miksasa, Aimla Mizonos. So said, it's actually very interesting. The Mishnah is highlighting an idea over here that once a woman begins to sell off part of her, ksuvah, she loses the right for Mizonos. That's what's unfolding over here. In other words, we've seen this concept before that support from the estate is there as long as the woman does not claim her ksuva. Once she claims her ksuva, she forfeits Mizonos. Therefore, again, once she sells off, collateralizes or gifts part of her ksuva, ultimately she's lost Mizonos. Well, if she's lost Mizonos, Rabbi Shimon says, she needs anything done regarding meksuva has to be done in basin. Exactly. Because the only rights that a woman has to sell stuff off outside of basin is from Mizonos. But once again, you gift, collateralize, or sell part of your ksuvah, you no longer have mazonos. kham say, no, she could even sell off or do whatever. Collateralize, gift part of your even four or five times basin. So ultimately, again, she could go out and sell off for mazonos outside of basin. The So this is another interesting halacha. Outside of ba- so for mazonos, a woman is permitted to go out and sell off property to go out and take care of whatever she needs for her support. However, the Mishnah says that halacha la she should go ahead and write that she is selling for mazonos. She should write. She should indicate that she's selling for Mizonos. A grusha lo simkra aleba Bezin. But a grusha ultimately should only sell property inside of Basin itself. Beautiful. We'll say that is the Mishnah. Says the Givara, Masnis in money. who's the Pien? Does the Mishnah reflect? Rabbi Shemini. Rabbi Shemini, disanya, suvasa, k'suvasa, suvasa, k'suvasa, suvasa, k'suvasa, potkila acha in the Mizonos. Because, you never quote the Braise. The Braise says, a woman sells her ksuva she goes ahead and collateralizes her k'suva. she makes her k'suva an apotiki. Both say apotiki, remember again, is a contraction, apotehei kai, that's if she's borrowing money and she wants to go ahead and establish her k'suva as a source of payment. Ultimately again, apotiki la'akhar in lamazonos. So we'll say, so remember again, our Mishnah is reflecting this core concept, which is that once a k'suva is used, as a, either again to sell part of it, to collateralize part of it, to gift part of it, to use it as an apotiki, so Mizonos stops. So this is really a fascinating idea. Once a woman makes a move to cash in on the Ksuva, mazonos is shut down. That's it. We're we're we're, we're done with mazonos. And once we're done with mazonos, so first obviously that's a big thing for her to go ahead. And I was say somebody asked me the other week. i was saying that if that's the case that a woman gets mazonos. Why would she ever want to cash in her ksuva? Otherwise, obviously if she gets remarried, she'll only get Mizonos. But why would a woman never want to go? Why would a woman ever want to give up her why would she ever want to cash in her ksuva? So obviously you want your ksuva. Why? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, halacha alamaisa, there's a, there's a what do they call a lump sum payment. Whereas Mzoros is great, but ksuva offers you a lump sum of capital. In any event, so the, the point that Mugmar is making over here is our mission reflects the Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Shimon says, once she makes a move to collect on the ksuva, even partially, Mizonos is done. Mizonos is done. Rabbi Shimon says, Avapli Shlomach, Rav Olamash, Ultimately, again, Rabbi Shimon says, that Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, even if she did not go ahead and... Sell the k'suva in its entirety, but rather just part of it. she loses mizonos. So we'll say so. So again, the, what's the point of contention over here? The point of contention is like this: Everyone agrees. Well, let's go back. What does everyone agree with? What does everyone agree with? Right. Everyone agrees that if she collects the k'suva in total, then what's the halacha? No more mizonos. What's the machlokas? Partial collection, partial collection, partial sale, partial collateralization. What happens then? Tanakama holds that halacha l'maisa; she still gets mizonos. Rabbi Shimon holds halacha l'maisa; she loses Mizonos. Okay. So the says, "L'memra, the Rabbi Shimon savar the lo amirinah miktsas kasetke kol Is that to say that Rabbi Shimon holds that ultimately, <coughs> again, partial money is not like complete money? For Rabbanan summary, amirinah afila miktsas kasetke kol We've actually seen just the opposite, the Sanya. Here we go. So we'll say, so it sounds like Rabbi Shimon is saying is that part is like the whole. And ultimately, again, the Rav is saying part is not like the whole. But we've seen just the opposite. So the Pasek says, So we'll say, tomorrow we're just talking about the Kohen gödel. Right? Kohen Gadol has to marry a B'Sula. Prat le shakalu besulao, tiv rabbi Meir. So, we'll say, this is actually interesting. So, we normally assume that a basula means a woman who's never had relations. Comes along, rabbi Meir, rabbi Meir says, the fact that the coin godl has to go ahead and marry a besula indicates, that he cannot marry a bogeres. Now, what's a bogeres? What's a bogeres? 12 years old and six months. I, but one second. Why isn't the bogeres a besula? So, we'll say, here's what's interesting. We've spoken about this extensively in Yuvamis. We make the assumption that as a woman gets older and physically matures, the basulim themselves thin out. Which, again, we know just just al right, that, that sometimes basulim themselves can rupture, even not through Tashmash, even not through intercourse, but ultimately, again, just through activity. Just through activity. So, therefore, again, a Kohen Gogol can't marry. Uh, so, Rabbi Meir says, it even comes to exclude a bogaris. Rabbi Lozzar, Machshir in Bogaris. Rabbi Rabbi but no, even a bogaris is fine. Shabbos say, the, the, the idea is, what do you see from here? So what you see from here is, Rabbi Shimon holds that a vulgaris is a woman who doesn't have complete besulim, so to speak. But it's enough. As long as some of the besulim are intact, She's a a Oh So it's interesting. So we must try to take that same logic and apply it to where? To k'suva. That as, so yet we would think, therefore, that Rabbi Shimon holds like this, that even having some of the k'suva intact, is still like having a k'suva and she should collect mizonos, Yet Rabbi Shimon holds here that what even partial collection of of k'suva is enough to end mazonos. To which the Gemara says that is such a strange comparison. Hashem bekreipligi. But I say here it's a about Rabbi Meir holds the pasuk says as long as there's some part of besulim that's intact. The Kohen God can marry this woman. B'sulah. What does B'sulah come to teach me? Add the Ika Kulu B'sulim. So all the B'sulim are intact. B'sulah. Bivsulah teaches me that what? Kedarka in. shalokidarka. Kedarka Only be a kidarka. But not be a Shalom. Kedarka. are B'shimin Sabri. B'sulah Shleim holds B'sulah means complete. B'sulah. Filum exas B'sulim. Bisulah even means some of the B'sulim. Top of Tzadik Chess. <laughs> so we'll say. So therefore, essentially, the Gemara says it's like this: it's a separate machlokis. Let's let's not intertwine the two. There's a machlokis by what does b'sula mean by koying Okay, that's a machlokis. But will say, so we wanted to go ahead and intertwine both of these teachings. Both of these teachings to teach me that and, and to actually raise a question between the sheet of Rabbi Shimon here, Rabbi Shimon and Baib Bissula. Commercial, they're two different things. Well, I say, good, let's refocus and reorient. What are we focused on? What are we focused on? Woman goes to go ahead and tries to go ahead and collect part of her ksuva. Not tries, she does. She cashes in part of the ksuva, right? She goes in and collateralizes part of the ksuva. She, she, she sells part of the ksuva. So, what's our question? What's our question? What's our question? <laughs> What happens now regarding Mizonos? Does that effectively end her ability to go ahead and collect Mizonos? To which Rabbi Shimon says, absolutely yes. That's the sheet of Rabbi Shimon. But again, that sheet itself is subject to Machlokes. What's the Machlokes? Since Rabbi Shimon says, is once you move on the Ksuva, once you begin to collect in any form, Mizonos ends. Tanakama, on the other hand, holds no. As long as there is some part of your ksuva that what? That what? That remains uncollected. Uncollected. Ultimately, again, you still have the right to collect mizonos. Fundamental machlokis. Here we go. Tap of saddi Second line down. So, there was a woman who went ahead and seized. I'm sorry. The tafsa means she seized. kasa the kaspa. Silver cup. Rashi says. Let's assume right now we're talking about just like a regular ksuva. So what happens? Let's say the ksuva is worth uh, 200 zus. She seized a silver cup from the estate that was worth, we'll call it 100 a 100 zuz. Okay? So therefore, what she seized it was not valuable enough to satisfy her ksuva debt. Okay? So what happens? So katava mazoni. Okay, so we'll say, so what is this a case of? This is a case of partial collection of a ksuva. So she now sees the silver cup worth 100 zuz to pay off part of her ksuva. Now, but now she comes and she claims what? Mizonos. Mm-hmm. She wants Mizonos. So what's that, Lacha? Huh? She came before Rava, asked me, Zilu, Mizonos. So Rava said, give her Mizonos. Give her Mizonos. Right? Why should you give him mazonos? So I'm sorry. So the gemara goes on. Zilu have a Less the The We don't hold like Rebbe Shimon. We don't hold like Rebbe Shimon. And therefore, a partial collection of the ksuva does not shut down her ability to go ahead and collect mazonos. Shaloch le Rabbi Bered Rabbi Yosef Moheres Shalob so, I say, so now we're, we're transitioning a little bit over here to a different topic. So I say, what's interesting about this is, this last piece of the Gemara seems to indicate that we are not pascaling like Rabbi Shimon. And therefore, when does Mizonos essentially end? When does Mizonos end? After full collection of the Ksuva. Or in other words, seeing a little bit differently, as long as there's some amount of the Ksuva which remains uncollected, remains outstanding, she has the right to mizonos Only once the k'suba is fully collected, does the right to mezonos. That's what it sounds like we're saying now. We'll see what the Allah says. Transitioning now to another discussion. Listen to this. So, Shalach, Le'i Rabbah, B'Rei, Yosef, say what happens if a woman is selling off estate property, outside of Beisdin? Tzrech Oh, ain't Tzrech HaShivuah, does she need an oath or not? Does she look at Rashi? Now, what's the oath over here? The oath over here is that she hasn't collected more than she is entitled to. Right? Because remember, I will say, she, if she's selling off property outside of Beisden, so there is a certain amount of, um, what's, the, what's the word? There, there's a certain lack of oversight that's occurring over here. So the question is, okay, we're going to allow her, I will say, by the way, when do we allow a woman to sell property outside of Beisden? So this is a machlokes. For Mizonos, everyone agrees that she's able to. For Ksuva, that becomes a bit more complicated. But in any event, when she, if she's, whatever the circumstances are, if she's selling off property outside of Beisden, do we require a shvua in order to ensure that she is not taking advantage of the situation and not taking more money than she is entitled to? One second, before you go ahead and you get into, into Shulbar Hachraza, they will say Hachraza is fascinating. what does Hachraza literally mean? Announcing. They will say, when you sell real estate, when you sell real property, so the Shaila is, if you sell it off quickly, you lose the potential for what? Like, if you do an off market deal, right? What's the challenge of doing an off market deal? <laughs> is people don't know about it. people don't know about it, you may lose out on the opportunity to make more money. So literally means, hachraza se- is like effectively like hanging the sign out on the front lawn, right? For sale. So do you require an announcement, an announcement before selling off property of the isomim? So Amrale, locally, no, no, no. I, I, I don't, I'm not worried about hachraza. In other words, or I don't have a question about hachraza, why not? Don't worry, hachraza. Amana Lo klum Interesting case. And Amana who evaluated the property for herself. Now look at Rashi, third line from the top on Rashi. She Liatsma Bishumas Ksubasa. She took she took the property of the estate for herself in evaluation of her ksuba. Right? So in other words, she she's she's assessed property and Selling it off for herself in the satisfaction of her But Rashi says, Loa Saklum, now I'm sorry, such an act is ineffective. Rashi says, <laughs> So again, so this is a very specific case. If a woman goes ahead and identifies a piece of property in the estate and she says, Oh, that property is 200 zos, good, I'm taking that. She assesses it, evaluates it for herself. And then she takes it. Such an act is meaningless. Meaningless meaning that Allah La these summon wanna come back and pay her, right? Pay, pay right, pay the value of the of the piece of property and take it back, she has the right they have the right to do so. So what's the case? He the If before taking it she went ahead and announced it so that Lamaisa again she could ensure that she would get top dollar for it. Ultimately again, why is her action meaningless? Allah it must be, again, there was never any kind of announcement. And what? The reason, ultimately, again, it's not good, is because she's seizing this property for herself. So the Gemara says, But yet, I say, it sounds like if she was going ahead and selling this property to someone else, even without a even without some type of announcement, Ultimately, this sale would be good. To which the Umar says, No, the Olam, the Akhrus. In reality, we're talking about a case where she announced, right? She publicized, that's the word, publicized. She publicized the fact that this, par, that this parcel of land was going to be season satisfaction of a debt. So, the army law, man shamlaich, and we ask her, Who evaluated it for you? And the Reza said, Valuation of property is not a simple thing. Right, valuation of property requires some level of pikchus, right? Some level of understanding. And therefore the problem is if she's seizing significant property without valuation, that's problematic. That's problematic. Kiha, Siddharth says, Ki dahu gavra da gabe kista diyasmi. Listen to this case. There was a guy, there was a guy, called Ruvain, and Ruvain they deposited with him Kista diasmi. Rashi says Mispo, Mispo is fodder animal fodder, so they deposited the Yisomin, listen to this case so that this Yisomin deposited animal fodder with Ruvain. now what happened say? now by the way there's another piece of Svetli Gemara doesn't say the father of the Yisomin had borrowed money from Ruvain and never paid it back, never paid it back Right, so now Ruvain has in his, posse- in his possession fodder, right, from the estate of the now de- deceased borrower, the Yisomim. Now, I, I don't know if the Yisomim knew this, didn't know this. The point is, the Yisomim deposited the fodder with Ruvain. Ruvain is owed money by the father of the Yisomim. Okay, so now what happens? So ultimately, again, Ruvain. Reuven went ahead and evaluated, assessed the value of the fodder at 400 Zos. Ultimately, again, then it appreciated and ultimately became worth 600, 600 Zos. So, I say, so now, remember, the, un, the unwritten part of the story over here is that Reuven seized the fodder for himself in satisfaction of the debt that the deceased father of the Isomim owed him words, So again, the obviously the Yisomim were not very happy with this. So they come up for Rabbi Yami. man Who evaluated this for you? In other words, who 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 made, who made this valuation for you? Rashi says man So Misham lach means who, who who made this valuation? For you? in other words, Say, when seizing property from Yisomim there must be some external appraisal, which makes a lot of sense. You see, you see the length to which Chazal go in order to go out and safeguard the property of Yisomim. The last thing we want is people making their own personal appraisals, right? With absolutely no oversight, with no external mechanism and seizing property of Yisomin like that. So it comes up for Rabbi Ami, Rabbi, a- Rabbi Ami, Ami? Uh, yeah, Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Ami says, who who went ahead? Who, who, who appraised that for you? Now go back to Rashi. Rashi, man sham leich mimi kibalt nechira zu lo mi beizin for lo mi yisomim. Right? Who appraised that for you? Beizim didn't. Yisomim didn't. Lefichach lo yatzikakem. Rishusay yisomim. Aval heicha de shanta lachirini nafak merushus. Yashem shari nustin lachachomem rishus limkar. So I we'll say so. This is interesting. We're making a distinction now between an appraisal you make for yourself versus an appraisal you make for others. So when you're keeping property seized by the Yisomim, that requires what? That requires what? External appraisal, right? If ultimately, again, you're selling it off, like the case of an Isha, for either Mizonos or for Ksuva, it's possible that in that case, you would not require an external appraisal. Let's who, say, Who appraised this for you? You know, there's a, there's a beautiful Gimam Masech sota. actually, the Ramchal quoted it, in the second chapter, a third chapter, mm-hmm. the Gimari used Lashenov, mm-hmm. a person who evaluates, who, Shuma is a valuation, a person who appraises, who evaluates his pathways in this world. Yeah. Zohar v'roah, ultimately again, has a meaningful, beautiful life, both in this world and the world to come. But I will say, so which, the Gemara, both Gemara and Recham, talking about the idea About appraising or valuating the path you choose in life, and you have to choose for yourself the right derech. So it's interesting that up here the Gemara used lashon of who's appraising it for you. So so sometimes in life, it's not just enough to appraise or to evaluate the right derech in life. You have to make sure you have someone who can help you in that process. Because sometimes my caleb for personalistic appraisal and valuation. Are a little bit off. So if I'm doing the valuation by myself for myself, often I can get myself into trouble. So the Gemara says, Mishallah, who's appraising it for you? Who's appraising it for you? They need a life, right? They need a life to have someone outside of you who you could turn to, for Hajraqa, as a sounding board. It could be a friend, it could be a spouse, it could be a rabbi, it could be whoever it is. But Lama says sometimes we need someone outside of ourselves who could help us appraise things for what they really are. Then we'll say, what is the halakha? Then we'll say, what is So we'll say, so first of all, halakha l'maysa. Halakha l'maysa, again, a shvua is required whenever again we are selling off property of the isomim. Ultimately, again, a shvua is going to be required for collection to make sure that no one is collecting more than they are due. But ultimately, again, there is no hachrazah. There is no. There is no announcement that is necessary. Ultimately, before going ahead and before going ahead and either selling off or collateral collateralizing that property. And I both say this is actually how the, the Rambam paskin is actually a very interesting. Rambam, the Rambam in. The Rambam in Hilchos Ishus, Parak Yud Ches Halacha as follows: Almana Sheba LeBeizin And this balik brings together everything. Almana Sheba LeBeizin Litz Ba If an almana comes to Bazdin to go ahead and collect Mazonos, what's the halacha? Mashbi and Oso, Osa, Betchila Umochin Below Mizonos. So we'll say, if an comes to collect from for Mazonos from the estate, this is all from the estate. So, what's that? Before we sell off property to satisfy her mizonos, we make her take a shvua that she has not collected anything in the interim. All right? This is a very important detail. A woman is allowed to sell off, a woman is allowed to sell off, um, she is allowed to sell off um, property for mizonos, for mizonos, not in bezedin. Not in Bazin. so she could just immediately go ahead and sell off property not in Beis and alt- uh, from Mizonos, from Mizonos, but uh, she has to do it in front of. She doesn't have to do it in a Din Mumkin, but has to be in a, some type of Beis Fine. So I say so. Ultimately, again, bottom line is Halacha La when she comes to collect from the Yasomim, requires a shavuah, Number two, she could sell off not in front of a formal Beisdin, but ultimately, again, in front of any Beisdin of three individuals. And Halakha she could sell off for Mizonos, right? Shava B'Shava, for the amount that she needs. But interestingly enough, if she sells off and then the Yisomin want to administer a Shavua, ultimately, they have the right to administer that Shavuah. Beautiful. Mishnah. Very interesting case. Very interesting case here. And Amana has a k'suva that's worth 200 Zos. And I will say, what does she do? This is fascinating. She takes a property that is worth one mana 100 Zos, and she sells it for 200. Valdik, businesswoman. Businesswoman. Right? So she takes a property that's worth 100. She sells it for 200. Yeah, but say that's case one. Right? Or she takes a property worth 200 Zos and what? Sells it for 100. So here she undersells it. What's This Either way, we're done. She's got her Ksuva. Right? Either in case number one, because she walked away with 200 Zos, or in case number two, because she got a piece of property worth 200 Zos. So we're done. We're done. We'll say case number three. This is fascinating. Let's say her ksuva is worth a mana, a hundred, and she took a field sada. shava mana mana. She takes a field that is worth a mana and a dinar. So let's just call it. She her ksuva is a hundred mana. Is, is, I'm sorry, is a hundred a hundred zuz. She takes a field that's worth 101 Zuz and she sells it for 100 Zuz. What's that? The sale is void. Now, I say, now why is the sale void? Why is the sale void? Because since the field was worth 101 Zuz, she wasn't entitled to that field. She took something she was not entitled to and she sold it off. Well, if you take something you're not entitled to, then ultimately you have no rights in it. You have no rights in it. I was her right, her right to sell off a piece of property, is a piece of property. What? What? Mm-hmm. Up to the value of the k'suva. She has no rights in property above the value of the k'suva. So she takes a price of property that's worth hundred and one zuz. You have no rights in that. They're from michrabatol. Even afiduhi omeres achzer the First white line. Even if she says, don't get all, don't get all excited. I'm willing to refund the additional amount to the estates of Yerushim, still doesn't work, So we'll So this is fascinating. And again, it's very intuitive. Tanakama is saying, you can't sell something you don't have a lien against. And for a k'suva, the most you have, you only have a lien against an actual piece of property that is the value of the k'suva. If it's more than the value of the k'suva, you have no claim against it. Now here, watch this. So M'shen comes along and says, the olam mech rabatol, says, not true, not true. She has a potential lien or claim even against property that is worth more than the value of the Ksuvah up to the point that what? It's <laughs> so actually very interesting. So <laughs> says, listen, the truth is, she has a Sh'teku claim. Even in property, that ultimately, again, is worth more than the value of the ksuba, as long as what There would be a field where there would be more than nine kav left over in the field, or in a garden, or in a garden at least more than a half a kav left over. According to Rabbi Akiva, a quarter of a kav. we will say what they're saying is like this: If she goes ahead and she sells off property that's worth more than the value of her ksuba. As long as it's not so much more. Right? So much more. What's the definition of so much more? So that's these different... we'll, again, we'll get into this in the Gemara. So since Shukamilo, Rabbi Shemalila is saying, as long as there's not more than nine kav left in the field. A half a kav left in the garden. Rabbi Yakiva says a quarter of a kav. So as long as she's not leaving over that much. In other words, as long as there's not that much more left over in the field after she sells it, more than her k'suva, the sale is okay. Now, obviously, she can't pocket the extra money, right? That extra money goes back into the yisomim, but lamaysa wouldn't invalidate the sale. So we'll, we'll we'll get into this a little bit more. High sek'suva sarar zuz interesting case. I said, let's say an aloch lamaysa k'suva is worth four hundred zuz. Watch this. of a dinar. listen to this case. Right, Rachel's married to Ruben. Ruben promised her a ksuva of 400 zoos. Incredible, generous guy. Now what happens, he dies, he dies. She's now selling off property to collect her ksuva. So watch this case. First parcel, she sells off for 100 zoos. Good, good, yes. Second parcel sells off for 100 zoos, good. Third parcel, 100 zoos, great. Now we're up to our last, our last, our last 100 zoos. She sells off the last parcel for 101 Zuz. What's Talachot? What's Talachot? So we'll say, so here's what's interesting. Now, obviously, we just got finished saying, at least according, at least according to the Tanakamo, according to Tanakamo, that if you oversell property, right? If you sell property that's worth more than what you're owed, the, the, the sale is bottle. The sale is bottle. So will now watch this. When she sells off that last piece of parcel, so how do we look at it? Do we look at that one transaction in a vacuum? Right, just about that one parcel? Or do we look at that transaction as, or do we look at that last piece as part of a whole transaction? So the Gemara ends off by saying, so the Gemara says, The last transaction is bottle, all of the other ones are good. Or in other words, we'll say, we look at the transactions as independent transactions and Allah said again, only the last one is the one she overpaid. And therefore Allah said, the last one, or not overpaid, I'm sorry. The last one is where she sold the parcel she wasn't entitled to. So that one's not good, but the previous three transactions are still good. Beautiful, says the Gemara. here we go. So listen to this. We're going back to the first case of Mishnah. What was the first case of Mishnah? First case of Mishnah was a woman takes a field that's worth 200 Zuz and she sells it for 100. What do we tell her? What do we tell her? Listen, we're done, we're done. I, but one second, one second, she only walked away with a hundred Zuz. It's true. went hundred Zuz. What he tell her? You caused yourself to lose out. In other words, you had a field that was worth 200 Zuz. You undersold it. It's your problem. It's your, it's your loss. Well, that's the case. If that's the case, no. why can't she say In the case of what? Where she took a 100 Zuz field and sold it for 200. Why can't she say what? I made profit. So Yisomin, you, you still owe me 100 Zuz. In other words, I took a field that was worth 100 Zuz, sold it for 200. Really, that extra 100 of profit is mine. Is mine. You, Yisomin, owe me what? Another 100 Zuz. But it's not what the Mishnah says. Right? The Mishnah says, that If she took a 100 Zuz field and sold it for 200 Zuz, what's that? She's what's done. She's done. She's gotten her Ksuvah. Can Shana Rebbe? I will say, great Sugi this, this here. Is, this is a bigger discussion. This is a bigger discussion. That when you are transacting business with someone else's money, all profits accrue to the owner of the money. All profits accrue to the owner of the money. I will say, watch this. This is great. Fascinating Gimara. I will so I say, listen to this interesting case. So now imagine for a moment, I go, I'm, I'm, Ruven asks me to purchase something for him. He gives me money, he gives me money, I go out to purchase it, and what happens? The vendor gives me extra. Well again, I'm purposely being vague about the case because we're gonna distinguish in just a moment. The vendor gives me extra. So I say, what's the Shiloh? What's the Shiloh? What's the Shiloh? Who gets to keep the extra? Who gets to keep the extra? So by the way, Ruven sends me to do something. Maybe I know the vendor, maybe the vendor is in a good mood. He gives me extra. Extra. Who gets to keep it? So the says, extra he is kept by the shaliach. It's kept by the shaliah. Raviosi he says, Chulkin. he says, no, no, no If you get any extra, we split that ultimately again between the shaliach. And the Mishaleach between the agent, sorry, and the, what do you call it, the guy who sends in the Mishaleach? Principal. Principal, thank you. The principal, I'm sorry? Oh no, does it apply to Karka? No. Oh no. No, there's no, generally, you're asking how is she getting 200, yeah. those $400 field. Right. Excellent question, excellent question. Not that we take questions during sheer, but if we did, <laughs> but if we did, right? But if we did, what I would tell you is like this. Karka, real estate, is the one area where there is no ona. It's actually a very important point I will say. ona means Allah of overcharging. Real estate, there's no ona. And that's because Chazal, it's not fascinating. Chazal already stood that real estate, right? Karka means different things to different people. So, therefore, again, because the market also fluctuates so dramatically, no, oh, no. Okay, so the money goes back there. So, say, so listen to this. So, therefore, again, so Ruven sends me to get something. So, ultimately, the vendor gives me extra. So, who gets to keep it? The Shaliyah or the principal. So, ultimately, again, Hakolo <laughs> review Rabbi this says, Shaliyah keeps everything. Rabbi Yos, says, Cholkin. We split it. He split it. Once like, but, but yet we learned elsewhere that Raviyosi doesn't say split it. Raviyosi says everything goes to the owner of the money. In other words, Raviyosi's she is listen, it's very nice that I'm Ruvain Shaliach, but at the end of the day, wh- what am I transacting business with? With Ruvain's money. If I'm transacting business with Ruvain's money, then by definition, anything extra should go to Ruvain. So, we'll say, so yet again, it's so, my I'm It's not a contradiction. We'll say, listen to how fascinating this is. Not a contradiction. Kamba Davershieshlokitsva. Kamba we we're talking about different kinds of items. Items that are sold as units, items that are not sold as units. What does this mean? We'll say, take a look at Rashi. Rashi says uh, well, literally it means an item that has a set amount. What is it? What's an example of this? Rashi says, Kegon Kitness. Hanim says so when you have an item that 's sold in specific measurements, see the example Rashi gives is kitness, right legumes legumes so legumes were often sold. you would buy a cup full of legumes so let 's say now let 's say now the vendor gives me some extra, so that's a matana, that's viewed as a gift. But what? I don't know who the gift is for. Is the gift for me, the Shariah? is the gift for Ruvein the principal, so therefore, because I don't know who the gift is for, therefore what? Therefore what? Split it, versus a davar she'im she says. For example, Kigon talis, the chaluk, the yerek hanim karim ba'omed. A daver we'll she'im lo kitzvah would be like a cloak, or, for that matter, again, vegetables which are sold by weight. Which are sold by weight. In this case, so I will say, what's interesting is there are certain items, Dabashish means items that are always sold by a certain measure. Always sold by a certain measure. So, I will say, so therefore, again, let's just use Rashi's example of legumes. Legumes were always sold by the cupful. That's the way it was. It didn't matter what store you went to. So if you get a couple of lentils plus plus, it's clear that what's the plus? I will say what's the plus? It's the matana. It's a matana. Now what's the now what's the shaila? What's the shaila? Who is the matana for? Okay, I don't know. I don't know who the matana is for. Therefore, chokin. Versus something that's not always sold in exact measurement. What's a good example of this? So apparently vegetables, which were sometimes sold by weight. So we'll say, so depending on, on price fluctuations, different things, sometimes you got more, you got less. A talus, depending, right? A cloak, depending on the vendor. Depending on the vendor, you'll get it for cheaper, more expensive. So in this case, where there's a price, a price fluctuation, ultimately, again, everything, every gain, no matter every loss as well, goes to the balamos. Ultimately goes to the owner of the money. Quite fascinating. If something ultimately again is always sold by a specific measure and you get more, that that, that additional amount is split. Ultimately, again, everything that is not sold but in general by a specific amount, any any anything extra goes to the owner of the money. So, So, my what are we being taught over here? Was we just being taught that the distinction we made before is indeed a correct distinction? So, we'll say, now we get into another fascinating studio. We'll at least start this question and we'll end off with here for today. But we'll say, this the following question. Let's say I say to a shaliah, go and purchase for me a liska of land. Liska is an amount. The Shaliach goes ahead and purchases a core, which is Aliska Plus. Aliska Plus. So, what's the Shailah? How do we look at this transaction? My, Mosif al Dvarafu, Aliska miyakani. Al ma'avir al Aliska Namilokani. So, what's, I'm going to leave you on this cliffhanger. This is actually incredible. Well, essentially, when you go ahead and you commission a Shaliach to do something, and he does more than what you asked of him, so how do we view now the agency? Do we say, so let's, let's watch this case. So let, let's say, I go ahead and I tell I tell the I buy a half an acre of land. And he what? He buys an acre. So do we say, at least for the half an acre, he did, he did, he bought a half an acre. So for that part, for that part, the shlichus is good, for the additional part, it's not. Or do we say, no, when you went above and beyond what I told you to do, essentially, what did you do? You're operating outside of the realm of the agency. And once you're operating out of the realm of the agency, then what? Then ultimately, again, there's nothing more to discuss. You, you've negated the agency. So I'll say, so we'll stop over here for today. Stop over here today. And great, I'm just telling you, great coming attractions. Great, overwhelming, incredible sukkah tomorrow. And may Hashem to be continued. We're fine. We'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll catch up. in We'll say shkoyach. Shkoyach. A good night, everyone. thank you. Thank you so much for the beautiful beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for the beautiful wine. Oh great. I great. Delicious. Crab oh, yeah. no. What? i try Yeah, I'll cool. Yeah. Okay. It's no. Sorry?